0: Welcome to Hubbub, the people's podcast, where we engage our citizens and investors with the activities of the Planning and Code Administration and encourage everyone to contribute to Hagerstown's growth.
1: Well, hello to everyone. It is time for the December edition of the Hubbub podcast. Donnie Harcom, how are you? I'm great. How are you doing today? Are you ever doing not great? No, I'm always great. Yeah.
0: Happy to be here with my pal and co-host, Mr. Sean Brown. Yeah.
1: Well, I tend to bring that out in the people. You do. Yeah. Yeah, so it's good to be with everyone today. Um, you know, uh, a, lot of, a lot has happened this year. It has. It's the end of the year. Where has the year gone? Hates hate to sound cliche, but really, where has it gone? A lot's happened.
0: I, I agree with you. It's it's hard to tell where this year has went. It went fast at some parts, went slow at some parts, but here we are on our 18th episode of the Hubbub Podcast. Now I'm thankful for you today, Sean Brown.
1: Oh, right back at you. I appreciate it. So a uh, question for you, Donnie. Um, when you think about your car, um, is that something you kind of, I mean, how do you feel? Some people are car people. Some really love their vehicles. Where do you kind of sit on that?
0: I'd say I fall in the middle. I, uh, I do like my car. Um, it has a nice turbo in it. Me and my wife always joke around about the turbo in the car, but I do like my car a lot. Um, I wouldn't say I'm a huge car person, but I would definitely uh, be lost without it, and I would never, ever abandon it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> How about you? Yeah, yeah. I, I am a car guy. I used to really be into cars, um, but uh, I, I enjoy driving. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got a Subaru. It's an older one, but, you know, it's got things that I like. and you know, um, So, yeah, I, I like cars, and the reason I ask that is because, you know, to one degree or another, cars are valuable to people. Mm-hmm. That's kind of like why we're talking about this topic today of vehicles. And specifically, we're talking about vehicles when they get to the point where they become abandoned. Right. And vehicles, even when they become abandoned, may still be valuable to people. Otherwise, why would they hold on to them, right? Exactly.
0: It's kind of like you know, one person's trash is another person's treasure. And yeah. that could be with vehicles as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. So uh, really, it's a good topic for us to talk about today, to spend in talking about uh, vehicles, especially when they become abandoned, because we recognize, just like us, they do have value. But at the same time, we also understand that uh, vehicles, when they become abandoned, um, they can bring on other uh, situations. Um, So on one hand, you have a person, maybe you have an abandoned vehicle in your yard, and you're trying to hold on to that for whatever reason, and And it's there because of just, you know, whatever reason. But at the same time, now you've got neighbors maybe around you. And one of the big complaints we get in our department is abandoned vehicles. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So it's, it's again, one of those things that we have to balance out. But uh, as our podcast is going to talk about today, we're really going to discuss abandoned vehicles. Um, You know, what are the effects of when it comes to abandoned vehicles? How do they affect the neighborhood? How do different codes apply, whether it be in Hagerstown or other jurisdictions, and and how can they they be addressed? Um, Because it's important. Um, If it's left unchecked, abandoned vehicles, they can become a major concern to neighborhoods. Uh, It's interesting. Uh, Some people think, well, it's just my vehicle. It's sitting there in the backyard or at the alley or whatever, and you're planning to get to it, and then before long, months or even years go by... And sometimes one may think, well, what is it it hurting or or harming anybody? But historically, and we realize this from our department as well as other localities, that when you have an abandoned vehicle, especially for a prolonged period of time, it does definitely create other issues. It causes, it's a ripple effect in the community. Um, It it can be a source of uh, trash, uh, people see abandoned vehicles, and then that, oftentimes will give license to other activities, maybe illegal. Um, so you see a vehicle, there's no tags on it, maybe the ID plate's missing, the inspection is out, or the vehicle is in just various stages of disrepair, then it automatically sometimes attracts other types of activity. And there much been much history that's shown that when you have situations like that, along with that come other activities like uh, Sometimes abandoned vehicles are used for drug drops, Mm. right? Uh, It's a perfect place to store something to keep drugs nice and dry. Prostitution. Oftentimes what you'll see associated with abandoned vehicles is trash and and then the neighborhood rundown in in general. So uh, they can be very hazardous to the community, and not to mention or to forget that uh, there are things within the vehicle. They begin to leak, hazardous chemicals, and they're not properly disposed of, and then those things affect the environment. So, it's just uh, we mentioned this because not that we're insensitive to vehicles, because again, vehicles are are precious to some people. They're trying to hold on to them, but we also have to recognize that uh, they can have a detrimental effect on the neighborhood. Absolutely, yeah, it's a lot of good information, and you know, a lot of those uh, you know
0: unwanted attention, you know, the situations they could find that car in. Don't really think about that kind of stuff when you just abandon a vehicle, so that's good to know. So when we say abandoned vehicle, what does that actually mean? Well, you know, that term will always be defined by your local jurisdiction, so please check with them on, you know, that true definition of abandoned. But in general, um, an abandoned, untagged, inoperable vehicle is often applied loosely to different types of um, of nuisance vehicles. You know, there, these are motor vehicles intentionally kept on private property that may be used for spare parts or intend to repair at some point in the future. And so how many, uh, vehicles are abandoned or untagged in communities? You know, this is a hard number to give overall in America because it's not nationally tracked. Um, but for example, in England, estimates range from 200,000 to 300,000 over a four year period. Now, that's a lot of vehicles. Um, Seattle, Washington, receives about 4,200 abandoned vehicles calls a year. Um, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, um, the police there towed towed over 32,000 abandoned cars in a 40-day period in 2000. And um, Michigan implemented a statewide data tracking system uh, for tracking abandoned vehicles. And in the the first year, um, they tracked 92,000 abandoned vehicles. So I'd say that uh, system was very successful for them. And you know, here in Hagerstown, uh, it's such a small town compared to these examples, but we issued notices for um, around 2,500 untagged or inoperable vehicles since 2015. So uh, just to give some numbers here, in 2015, there were 546 uh, vehicles that got notices, 507 in 2016, 575 in 2017, 412 in 2018, And then last year, we had 283 um, vehicles were sent notices. And as of uh, today, in this year, uh, 213 have received notices. So you can see our numbers have definitely dropped um, since 2015, which I would say is a great thing.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, And it's interesting as well. There are, you know, again, a number of reasons why people have abandoned vehicles. You do have the homeowner who has one because it just broke down. They haven't had the money to fix it. But in some cases we've seen where, uh, again, it could be economic times or whatever. Somebody's trying to start a business and they get a vehicle and then they get another another, and another. And then before you know it, there's an accumulation. And uh, they may even get into the realm of having now a junkyard, which is a whole other set of issues. Right. In neighborhoods. So.
0: Yeah, there's a um house in my uh neighborhood. I joke with my wife that that's so we're going to pick uh, our son's first car out of because <laughs> it
1: it's not necessarily a junkyard, but they have accumulated uh quite the collection of vehicles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, anyway, uh, you know, understandably, uh, neighbors get concerned about that. So, you know, uh, there are a lot of different ideas of what an abandoned vehicle is. Uh, people sometimes will ask us, well, what makes my vehicle abandoned? What makes it inoperable? And again, that varies from jurisdiction to jurisdiction. As you mentioned, it's good to check with our local jurisdiction. But here in Hagerstown, uh, this is the definition of an inoperable motor vehicle. It is a vehicle which cannot be driven upon the public streets for reason, including but not limited to being unlicensed, wrecked, abandoned in a state of disrepair, or incapable of being moved under its own power. So that kind of gives you a good idea of what an, uh, an inoperable vehicle is. Basically, what it's saying there is that if you have it on your property, your private property, then you should be able to drive it off legally at any given time. And so just to highlight uh, the International Property Maintenance Code, which is a code adopted by the city of Hagerstown, and uh, it defines really motor vehicles, and uh, when it comes to being inoperable, it says this, except as provided for in other regulations, no inoperative or unlicensed motor vehicle shall be parked, kept, or stored on any premises, and no vehicle shall at any time be in a state of major disassembly, disrepair, or in the process of being stripped or dismantled. Painting of vehicles is prohibited unless conducted inside an approved spray booth. So again, basically to, to summarize that, what it's saying is there is that if you've got a vehicle on your property, and this is not unusual for just about any jurisdiction, uh, especially urban areas, is that you know it needs to be together. Can't be in some kind of disassembly, major work going on. Um, including painting outside, which presents a whole other host of environmental issues and maybe even civil issues if the paint drifts over onto your neighbor's vehicle. So, yeah. Now, there is an exception. And again, um, we realize, as most people do, that at some point, you're going to have a vehicle that's broke down. Uh, You're going to need, like I've got to do a repair on my vehicle. It's going to take a few days to get the parts in. Fortunately, I can drive mine right now. But you might have it down for a few days, so there is an exception. It says a vehicle of any type is permitted to undergo major overhaul, including body work, provided that such work is performed inside a structure. So that's the exception in the city of Hagerstown. That if you've got a vehicle that's you know broke down, you know you're waiting on a repair, um, or you need to do body work on it, or just need to store it, it needs to be stored and an enclosed structure. So we mention those because there are a lot of different ideas about what is an inoperable vehicle and so by sharing that definition uh, that can help us out. So basically what we're doing if if you see a vehicle and you have a question is it inoperable whether it's your own vehicle or maybe you're a citizen and you see it those are going to help you to give some key indicators as to what you're looking for. Uh, Is the vehicle damaged? Is it obvious because of the damage to the body, it it can't be driven? Are there missing wheels and tires? Is there evidence of other damage like fire, uh, vandalism? If you see the vehicle just full of trash and the driver can't even get in the car, obviously that vehicle is not going to be able to be driven. And then two, uh, as mentioned in the code, uh, are there outdated license plates or other documentation? In other words, for that vehicle to be legal and considered not abandoned or inoperable, it does need to be up to date with the license plates, uh, current inspection sticker, it needs to be registered, and so forth. And of course, other key factors, how long it has been, has been there. Uh, sometimes we'll ask people, uh, just ask questions to find out about their vehicle that's been there. We ask them how long it's been there, and they've got to think. And they're thinking, wow, it's been there a lot longer. And then, you know, if they didn't think about it, it's been there for like a couple of years or more. Right. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, time can go, go by uh, in those situations before you know it, out of sight, out of mind. But, uh, you know, it's also important to recognize that there are sometimes hot spots uh, for people to leave abandoned vehicles. They know sometimes that if I leave a vehicle on my property, uh, it's going to be addressed, mm-hmm. so they'll try to find places that may be inconspicuous, um, and these can vary depending on where you go in the country. You have some of these urban or uh, suburban areas in the country, tribal lands. You know they're not immune, so sometimes a person will take it way out. You know, and it can't be traced to them. So, yeah, yeah, parking lots, vacant lands. We find that right. Yeah, before you continue, I want to make sure our listeners uh,
0: don't use this as a list to abandon your vehicle. We're just giving you uh, some informative information. We don't want you to to use this (laughs) and say, well, these guys told me this is where I can abandon my vehicle. No,
1: not so much. Right. Sorry to interrupt. No, 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 no. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, I I thought it was interesting, too, in the research, airport facilities, Mm. long-term parking. that doesn't mean long-term parking to For park effort, your abandoned yeah. <laughs> vehicles. So, anyway, yeah, to uh, what you said. No,
0: that's a that's a really good list, and I do want to um, go back to what you said about uh, making sure that the vehicles are um, up to date um, mm-hmm. with their registration. I know this year's, uh, depending on where you live and the, um, what your local uh, motor vehicle association um, is doing as far as um, extensions. We are uh, very understanding with everything going on right now. That um, if you're documentation isn't up to date we may ask you um you know what the situation is with that but um i know everyone in our office is uh very understanding with the pandemic going on right now that you may not be able to um, get into the office and get your um, stuff properly registered at this Mm -hmm. time so so moving on here, why, why do people have these types of vehicles on their properties? You know, what are some of the contributing factors? Well, one factor is the value of scrap metal. Um, scrap metal is actually declining in value, and the salvage amount from a junk vehicle has decreased. So where before people would um, take it to the scrapyard, get a good bit of cash for it, that's not necessarily the case anymore. And the cost of repairing or insuring the vehicle is also a factor. Some people just may not have the money to do it. And meeting emission compliance standards for your state is also a factor and could be a larger cost. So if you have an older vehicle that would fail an emissions test, uh, you know, people may not want to pay the fee to get that tested and or get it fixed if it fails. And a vehicle damaged by a natural disaster, um, such as a hurricane or a flood, can cause some serious damage to a vehicle. and low uh, value at ve- low value of vehicles at an auction is also a contributing factor. And many untagged vehicles are due to the cost of registration or inspection cost to properly license a vehicle. So all of those, you know, we we hear those um, reasons as to why that vehicle is still um, on the ve- um, on the property sometimes. But you gotta do your best to make sure all those things are up to date for the good of yourself and your neighbors and the community.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Appreciate those points as well, Donnie. You know, when you think about those statistics you mentioned earlier, you know, other parts of the world, even in Hagerstown, um, it's not an overwhelming problem, Mm -hmm. but it it is a sizable problem, and it would get worse very quickly if we didn't address that. So again, it's not unusual for a local government to have some type of ordinance, Uh, in place, uh, even zoning laws that regulate the use of the property because, again, when you get into a number of vehicles, then you know you can get into land use violations. So again, localities, rightly so, just about everywhere you go are going to have some type of ordinance to be able to address these types of issues, uh, untagged and abandoned vehicles. And again, each community varies on their approach. Uh, we always encourage, we can't say it enough to check your local jurisdiction. Uh, people will say, well, so-and-so does it this way, well, yeah, I mean, every city's different on their approach and, and the problem. So it's good to check your local jurisdiction, um, depending on your area. Some places, especially in urban areas, they prohibit any untagged or abandoned vehicles, but uh, for example, in rural areas, they're more and more lenient, or in some rural areas, Um, if any at all. Uh, As an example, you know, Hagerstown is pretty flexible and we allow a decent amount of time, but where I came from down in Virginia, the local jurisdiction down there, uh, close to Virginia Beach, they were very, very strict on vehicles uh, because it was such a problem. So, you know, a person could have as little as 10 days to remove a vehicle there. Uh, We might tag it with a tag for 10 days and then give them an opportunity and then send a notice in another 10 days. But in 20 days, if it wasn't removed, it was getting towed. Yeah, yeah, and then the cost would be passed on to the owner. So we didn't want to do that. We try to work with people. Uh, but again, it's important to know the local jurisdiction because, again, for many, your car is valuable. Uh, I, I can attest to it. The last piece, the last thing a person wants to see is their vehicle going off. On a tow truck but if you're familiar with the ordinance and work with the you know the inspection staff they'll work with you
0: i know you've told me stories from your uh previous uh place of work and it's not always a pretty sight that's for sure No. <laughs> so you know sean brought up uh where he came from as far as how they handled um vehicles and you mentioned virginia beach well they actually have uh, two ordinances for vehicles um one of them is for inoperable vehicles and another for parking of recreational equipment and vehicles, I think we can all assume uh, most beach communities would have the latter. You know, all vehicles here on private property in the public view are to be in working condition and have a valid license plates or current inspection stickers. And in the state of Delaware, uh, vehicles are not permitted on a property to be unlicensed or illegally kept on the property without the owner's permission. So if the vehicle is on private property without the owner's consent, uh, the owner can contact the police department to have it removed after proper notice has been served to the owner of the vehicle. So that's, that's kind of nice that the um, property owner can uh, kind of take it into their own hands if um, a vehicle is not does, doesn't have permission to be there. Um, In Florida, uh, the owner of the property has a right to remove vehicles if um, they were parked on the property without their permission, without liability for the cost of removal, transportation, or storage or damage caused by the removal. This is not a regulation ordinance, but we are letting you know that each state has different rights for property owners and how they can police their own property. So that one's similar to the Delaware situation, uh, but the owner doesn't incur any expense of their own. Um, In Greene County, South Carolina, um, they do not permit any untagged vehicles on a property at all. They must all be properly licensed and roadworthy. In Tennessee, the vehicle must be unattended on private property for 10 days and the vehicle must be more than four years old before it can be considered abandoned. So you should know how long a vehicle uh, could be on a property before it meets the definition of the code. And in Streeter, Illinois, it's another jurisdiction that requires all vehicles to be licensed. And if you have one on your property in this jurisdiction, it is to be removed within seven days In Madison County, Nebraska, they require all vehicles to be licensed if they are on the exterior of the property and in line in Delaware, in Amador County, California, this jurisdiction will issue notices to remove the vehicles from the property. They can seek the right to enter the vehicle uh, from an oversight board. and after they have exhausted efforts to have the property owner or vehicle owner um, to remove the vehicle, the jurisdiction will remove it um, themselves and the cost of the vehicle remov- removal is sent to the property owner on the record. You know, we gave a number of examples here. Um, And here in Hagerstown, all vehicles are to be operable with the proper licenses, which are kept on the exterior, when the vehicles are kept on the exterior of the property. So um, it's good to know that, you know, we're not the only ones that have an ordinance like this. So be sure to check with your local um, jurisdiction where you live um, to see if this is something that pertains to you.
1: Yeah, it's important to have these types of ordinances in place because you just have to think about the opposite, that if you didn't have anything like this in place, what would neighborhoods look like?
0: Oh, yeah. Like you mentioned earlier, be junkyards.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because at one time or another, anybody or everybody is gonna have something, a scenario where they've got a vehicle, and, and you know, so this is really just ensuring, uh, not that someone's not gonna have a problem with a vehicle, but that eventually that you address it, and again, I know here in Hagerstown, we work very well with people. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, every situation is different. Uh, Talk to us, um, and then, you know, we can work with you. Right. Yeah. So, again, at at the same time, we also understand that there are, as I mentioned, there are different scenarios with every situation. Uh, Not everyone's the same. Uh, You have some people who have older vehicles legitimately that maybe they're restoring. Uh, Maybe it's an antique or a classic vehicle. Um, So are we saying that you automatically have to get rid of that vehicle if it's not roadworthy? Well, again, it depends on the circumstances. Um, In the uh, city of Hagerstown, um, the answer is no. Again, check with your local jurisdiction. Uh, When doing research for this particular podcast, there were a number of exceptions in other jurisdictions to, uh, rep, uh, to address these types of vehicles. Uh, just as an example, in the town of Union, New York, you can actually get a restoration permit to have one vehicle on the property that you may be restoring. But uh, the vehicles are not permitted to be in the yard of a property, such as here in Hagerstown. I mentioned the code earlier that if you've got a vehicle, regardless of the reason, whether, if it's uh, not operable, that it must be an enclosed garage under the ordinance. Um, sometimes what people will do is they'll take a car cover and put it over it and think that's bringing it into compliance. But in actuality, it's not, because really all you've done is you've covered the problem or covered several problems, if you want to put it that way. It doesn't make the situation go away. So you might be thinking, well, I know I'm in violation of the code and I can't just dump the car somewhere, how do I get rid of this vehicle? Well, part of the reason we're doing this podcast this month is actually December is National Car Donation Month. So there are a couple of avenues you can take. Uh, one of them uh, is not unusual. And in many cases, as long as you have a title, most auto salvages will buy. They might give you 50 bucks for it, some a little more. So auto salvages, if you go to an auto salvage, Um, they'll take that car, they'll crush it and sell it for scrap. That's one option, so call an auto salvage. But you can also, again, as we alluded to in the uh, National Car Donation Month being this month, you could donate it to organizations. There are a number of organizations that will accept a donated vehicle as well. So they'll remove the car from your property and they'll take that vehicle, and in some way they'll get the proceeds from that vehicle and then give back to the community. Now, we will say this, you you have to be careful. In our research, what was found is is that, again, there are a number of organizations that you can donate your car to. Uh, There are good ones, and then there are not so good ones. So do your due diligence. Uh, Reach out to the organization. Do a little research. uh, See how the organization uh, treats your car. What do they do with the proceeds? Uh, do your due diligence to find out if the company really fits what your intent is when you decide to donate your vehicle. How are they going to use the vehicle? So uh, just some good due diligence that you should do if you're going to go that route. So there's a couple of options there that you could very easily um, get rid of your vehicle. Absolutely. Cool. So you might be thinking, you
0: know, what kind of you know vehicles are they looking for, these donation types? Well, they usually like to see um, a wide range of vehicles, anywhere from Honda, Toyota, Ford, Chevrolet, Subaru, Volkswagen, Nissan, Volvo, Dodge, and Mazda. You know, always check with the agency of what type of vehicle you could donate. Uh, you might be surprised some organizations will actually um, accept only damaged or drunk cars, but also trailers, ATVs. And snowmobiles, um, mopeds, and motorcycles, golf carts, RVs, and campers, and some even accept boats and jet skis. So one of the challenges with donating a vehicle is a um, you know a charity will want more of a hassle-free donation process with you handing over the title. These organizations will be hesitant to accept a donation without a title. Understandably so. Um, if the vehicle is yours and a title disappeared, you could get a duplicate title uh, through the DMV. And at times, the charity may help you with this matter. But uh, in all, you will need the title to donate a vehicle. Vehicle, and about twenty-five thousand to thirty thousand vehicles are successfully donated every year. So always remember uh, that this option exists for you to remove your unwanted vehicles from your property. You know, I didn't know about these uh, donation programs. So to see that there's this much success with them is uh, very good to see. So, and I think that wraps it up for our. Uh, um, main portion, yeah. the the main meal of the podcast, and now yeah. we're heading to the to the dessert. I'd say for the weird news story. I know it's Sean's favorite part.
1: <laughs> this is a good one. Yeah. I All right.
0: Like so the title of this one is called "Abandoned Car Found Under Massive Pile of Logs." Um, so this comes from uh, Colorado, and this just happened uh, in August of this year. Um, so a passerby saw a 2014 Toyota Camry sticking out from a bunch of debris. Um, and you really got to see the picture to understand this, um, which we'll be sure to include in the description of the podcast, but, uh, it's, it's bizarre. Um, the sheriff's department, uh, believes that heavy equipment was used to bury the car. Um, you know, it's... It, like I said, you gotta see it, um, because whenever they pulled the car out, it looked nearly untouched other than being dirty, so whoever did this did it with, uh, they did it very gracefully, we'll <laughs> say. Um, fortunately, the registration was in the car, and they were able to determine who it belonged to, but, um, unfortunately, uh, no one has been able to locate the individual, so hopefully that guy is, uh, found alive and well, but, uh, it's such a crazy story, you know, i never, never heard of such a thing, but, yeah. uh. You know, that does
1: happen, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, neat pictures.
0: <laughs> yes, neat we'll be pictures. sure to include those. Yeah. Um, and also, while you're looking that up, uh, check you know check us out on our social media pages. Um, we post some pictures there once in a while. Um, you can find us on Facebook uh, by searching for The Hubbub Podcast. You can find us um, if you want to watch the um, podcast you can find us on youtube we also do post the videos to our facebook as well uh, but if you just want to listen to us if uh, seeing us is a little too much um, you can listen with your ears instead uh, we're on apple podcast google podcast spotify and pretty much all uh, major podcast platforms
1: so yeah uh, we welcome the feedback too don't we
0: yes absolutely yeah um, if you're in um, apple Podcasts or even you could uh, let us know on Facebook or YouTube. Send us a message. Um, you know, give us a rating. Let us know what you want to see, what you what you don't want to see. If I need to abandon my co-host um, or get a new one, just let us know. Um, I can't promise that will happen, but.
1: Did I say welcome the feedback? Oh, sorry, sorry. Not all of it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Don. You're welcome. All right. Well, to close out our show, as always, we're going to introduce our musical guest for this month. Um, Really nice uh, setup here. It's really a husband and wife duo. Uh, Shauna was born and raised in Hagerstown. Mike came to Hagerstown in his senior year. Um, The short story is that they were high school sweethearts. They've been married for some 33 years. Really nice arrangement. I mean, you, you share the same home together and same pursuit of music, right? Right. Yeah. So they've been performing really seriously since 2014. They call their act Empty Ecstasy. That's the name of their duo. Uh, Some really nice harmonies between the two of them. And they do everything from uh, classic rock to country, from the 70s on, uh, really nice sound. And historically, they've always... uh, performed at a lot of nice restaurants and venues throughout the area. Not so much right now just because of the COVID situation. But uh, um, one thing that was noteworthy is they actually um, just this uh, past fall in October, I guess that's still fall, Podomic Dental opened up in Hagerstown over on Potomac Avenue and they were there performing at their grand opening. So uh, they, they've got a nice small intimate arrangement and they're certainly available to be booked uh, for your event if you'd like to ring them up on Facebook you can find them there empty ecstasy so yeah really nice sound so uh, we'll take the show out by listening to empty ecstasy